Welcome back, everyone, to Ananta Shesha podcast. This is Emily, your host. This is Bimbo, Emily's co-host. We are excited to be back again with another well-safe session, I should say. I, so, just to jump right in, I was thinking about the Dristy video that Visty mm-hmm. actually just dropped. And I know we were discussing this um, previously, but mm-hmm. I know you got to watch it, and I'm curious to know your take because you contextualize things quite a bit better than me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just wondering like what is your take on that on his new Dristy episode? Well, for one of the things I love about Visti is that it gives me something to do for like nine months, you know? So I'm like, okay, cool. I've listened to all three parts. Wish there was 10 parts, but that's okay. I listened to all three parts twice so far, and I've probably absorbed about 20%. Um, but, <laughs> but, and I also, I started listening to one of his other interviews that I had I hadn't listened to also, which is kind of interesting on remedies, but I don't think I got that far into it yet. But um, let's see. I think the main, well, the main thing that I was really coming out of it with was about Rashi Drishti, even though that wasn't the main thing he was talking about per se, because I had, I had been wondering about Rashi Dristi for a long time. And I think it was Astro Guide Mysore's channel that mentioned something about Rashi Dristi that I thought was interesting. So I think I kind of combined what he was saying, which I think it was him saying to look at the exact degree that each planet Rashi aspects to find out information like I guess by I think he was saying by transit. So I was kind of taking what Visti was saying about Rashi Dristi and combining it with that and doing a little bit of research just on my own chart just to start. And that was really interesting. And you know, I can try to talk more about that if you want. But um, but the other things that I felt like so far I really absorbed from Visti's um Dristi and from that three-part series was um well, I think like what you were speaking to about Drishti not being the same as aspect and how um, actually in Vedic astrology, the word Sambandha is more synonymous with the word, the way that the word aspect would be used in Western astrology because it's more about the relationship between the planets. Whereas Drishti is more specifically something that we have a term for in Vedic astrology, which I don't think they have a term for in Western astrology, which is um, how it's about the when planets look at each other. And that's a specific, it's sort of like a specific kind of Sambanda. Like Sambanda encapsulates all sorts of things like Parivartana, um, you know, all sorts of like, like, squares of all planets can be in kendras or trines but drishti is much more specific because it has to do with each planet witnessing other planets or grahas and and um that was really interesting because you started kind of getting into like the the quantum physics principle of it where when you witness something then like you change something when you observe it and actually it's kind of a complicating factor when you have drishti because the observer changes the the phenomenon by its observation so things get really complicated and then I also thought it was interesting how he was kind of talking a little bit about the curses I thought he kind of did a good job making the curses seem a little bit less scary um and Mm -hmm. also just sort of fleshing that out with um with the drishti concept as well lots of interesting things in there really interested too and like if we take this the special aspects of like saturn and mars for example have special aspects so most of these planets all the planets do like a one seven aspect in vedic but mars and saturn and 
think Jupiter and Rahu have special aspects on top of that um, where they can do, and by aspect, I mean drishti, right? So they can do drishti through a trinal aspect if it's Rahu or Jupiter, and they can create drishti through, and I'm particularly interested in Mars and Saturn because um, they have these very unique special aspects and they're one way. So, and I'm, I'm really interested in how, what they tell us about the nature of those grahas because Mars as, aspects, it looks at its fourth and it looks at its eighth and then Saturn looks at its third and it looks at its 10th. And it's so interesting because you can really start to appreciate the specific character of these planets by understanding the places that they only want to look at. Uh, they really want to look at those houses, you know, they're really interested in those houses. And I particularly think it's interesting that Mars is so interested in its fourth house, you know, I think it gives us a little bit of like a taste of some of the untapped Mars potential and the stuff that we don't really talk about about Mars. So, so that's kind of, I think the main takeaways so far that I got from that series. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I really like the way you you said all of that. Uh, it you gave this like multi-dimensional. If this is the way that I was seeing it too, it's so like layered and multi-dimensional. And not only is it just like you were talking about some banda and the graha dristi, but there's also rashi dristi, right? Like we're not mm -hmm. just looking at graha dristi. We're looking at the entirety of the like perspective of the bhavas like what exactly what, like you can see what exactly is happening um according to those two things with the rashi dressy and graha dressy i think um, what the piece that i'm most confused about though which i do think he addresses but i always end up like thinking and missing what he's saying but i I think it's a little bit confusing, though, how you can have, like, it makes sense that Raha, that Rashi Drishti is a thing because it's like these planets have desires. And so they're looking, you know, they're like, they have this like tension about them. But Rashi Drishti, like, they're not supposed to be living things, the Rashis. So, um, so I guess the concept of Drishti by sight. I'm still, I, I, I haven't quite figured that one out yet, but it seems pretty theoretical anyway. Um, but yeah, that that's one thing I haven't quite come to understand. I think he does address that. It seems very nuanced. So what I was thinking about when it comes to what exactly Dristy could mean, because it is very nuanced. I mean, you can say, Drishti is the sight. It's it's your eyes, the way that you're viewing things. Um, but that really is just like a it that's put in a more metaphorical sense, right? It's like, oh, so the grahas are looking at other, you know, it's looking at this other graha and it's looking at this, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's yeah, put more in a metaphorical sense, but in actuality. It is very literal because you are the physical manifestation. That is the dristy, if that makes sense. You I are feel like, yeah, yeah, you are the manifested dristy. You are looking, therefore, your chart is you right i got so, this go ahead <laughs> well so earlier i was just looking up at the sky and i was looking at this is very like woo woo spiritual just caution to those who are listening <laughs> i was looking at um jupiter and i was doing the uh the mantra Jupiter mantra and like outside looking in the sky and I was just like admiring Jupiter's light and it's just like 
it looked more like a star, like the light was literally coming at me and I was like connected with the light and I was thinking like, oh my God, like I am Jupiter, like this is, this is the Dristy, like this light. But anyway, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, but that kind of actually segues into what I was thinking because one other thing he talks about is Lugnesh that, and he, and I always think that's an interesting thing because, you know, it's confusing. But yeah, he talks about also like natural and functional, the functional benefics and malefics thing, and I thought that he was very clear about that. And like I was like, okay, well, so I'm Scorpio ascendant, so really Mars is me. Like I'm Mars, so you are Jupiter, but are you the whole chart though? Because it makes me wonder. Because like for example, I have Mars eighth aspecting Saturn, and I'm like, does that mean I'm trying to destroy Saturn? It seems like Mars wants to protect its fourth, its fourth house, and it wants to destroy its eighth house. And I'm like, does that mean I'm trying to destroy Saturn? You know, I don't know because the way he was talking about, um, uh. The way he was talking about like curses, he was saying like if your lagnesh is in the curse, then you're like part of the problem or something. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's just like an interesting question, I guess. Like what? How does lagnesh play into all of this? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't specifically meaning like I was looking at Jupiter and I was associating that with my lagna to say that I am. Jupiter because of that I was thinking more yeah. in terms of like like my perspective on that is like like we have this Agni inside of us right so this Agni is this fire it's sun right and sun is the not only sun but moon as well are both the reflective sources so mm. which are both also reflecting all the other Grahas right because they're seizing Mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know I, I was just thinking like <laughs> it's hard to explain it's hard to for me particularly it's hard to explain. Um, oh yeah well yeah, I tried to stuff. kind of no 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 pressure I mean it's all confusing obviously like I was I got confused I was like wait I thought am I sat am I not Saturn like who I just, the way he was talking about who signified what is really like, oh, like I just started to think a little differently. But no, I appreciate what you're saying. I tend to feel much more like holistic about everything myself. A lot of ways, parsing it all out into specifics of like, you know, like that doesn't make that much sense to me. Like I do feel like I'm all the planets, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was interesting because he was saying how they don't use functional uh, or his guru never uses the word functional, malefic or benefic because the truth is that like Mars is always malefic. It's just about who is it malefic for. So for example, for me, for Scorpio, Mars is going to be malefic still. It's just malefic in a way that helps me, whereas Venus theoretically is always a benefic it's just benefic in a way that helps somebody else so it's gonna help my partner so that made me think about like and I tweeted this earlier I was like oh well Scorpios are actually really good partners then it's just is the relationship good for us I don't know but it's definitely it may be good for the partner depending on what else unless we get mad because then our Mars is going to destroy the partner (laughs) I don't know. I'm just yeah. getting analytical with it, but yeah, yeah. I so that was really interesting to me too. The way that he said that they don't even like that terminology isn't even spoken in the parampara, and well, it it wouldn't even be in the parampara. I wouldn't. Say, I would just say particularly. He said particularly from Sanjay G. Yes. So, yeah, I I really appreciate that because personally, I don't. I don't find the functional malefic benefic thing to be that useful, maybe for different reasons, but I don't find it to be super useful personally. Because if you think about it, it's like if I'm destroying everyone, like I might, I might, 
be really good at destroying people but like is that really going to benefit me (laughs) in the long run Mm -hmm. you know and like if I'm if my partner benefits from my love like that's probably going to be good for me you know like ultimately on some level so Mm -hmm. like malefics are just malefics in a lot of ways and benefics are simply benefics it's what it seems like in transit and stuff it's just I think we talked about this before they're just mixed they're giving mixed results for when they're you know in that functional when there's a discrepancy in in the functional or natural status like it might give a mixed result but ultimately the benefics give good results and the malefics can give harsh results I think yeah yeah that's that's the just um, but but I feel like sorry I just want to say like I feel like a big like theme that's coming out of this conversation so far is just like what is really the difference between like us and other people like is it really that you know what I mean like is maybe the reason why it it feels kind of like mushy to be like oh like this plan is good for me but it's not good for my lover or like this is my lagnesh so this is me and the other planets aren't me it's like maybe we're just all really interconnected and everything is so connected that like it actually doesn't make that much practical sense to like be so divided about like what who what planet represents like in terms of like its benefic or malefic status yes 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 I was just thinking that um right before you you started talking about I mean I was just thinking like how those houses like when we're talking about the functional benefic and malefics essentially the chart is going to be showing different like differentiating um aspects so yeah even if a even if a planet is actually uh, a functional malefic it could be you know have beneficial aspects to it so it's not like like maybe that could be um like a mixed result house house for you but essentially you would have you know beneficial results out of it um in a way but it's so like again multi-dimensional yeah and I feel sometimes I just feel like humanity is like evolving in this way where astrology is kind of like Vedic astrology is really valuable for having this long lineage, but it's like we're changing and like we could be changing in ways we don't even realize. And sometimes it just seems like, yeah, there's something like astrology can be a little bit too um, something <laughs> like a little bit, a little bit too focused. Yeah. On the individual, I guess. Like it's, it's, it's like, sorry. You cut out. Yeah, I'm having some technical difficulties. Oh, wow. Okay, you got a lot clearer just then. Oh, I was a lot clearer. Yeah, you sound much more clear now than you did. Now? Now I do? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. I can edit that out, but you can continue what you were saying. Yeah, no problem. I'm sure people can handle that, but... Yeah, just I I guess all I'm I'm feeling like everything's getting like swirled together in like a prismatic color wheel. And so it's sort of like I just feel this Rahu and Pisces so much. I think that everything's really just changing and like everything's getting kind of swirled together. And so like the ways that astrology have manifested in the past are maybe not gonna be as applicable. And it's really weird to me, like it's easy to get like sort of sucked into twitter and see how people are like so like into like competition and like their personal wealth and you know things that are just benefiting them and like setting sort of like boundaries with other people so that other people know that they can't fuck with them which is like heard like i get like that too but it's like i kind of feel like that's like an old paradigm in a way like there's just something that feels really like um like just dissolving about that to me like everything just kind of feels like it's starting to bleed together and become one big organism (laughs) maybe it's just me but um so yeah I wonder how it almost feels like that that just 
has such a fundamental change on how to use astrology analytically, how to analyze a birth chart, basically. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, because earlier, I was having similar, similar, not quite the same, but like similar thoughts about how, like, just looking on Twitter and seeing different people's, like, what they like perspectives on different things like in life not just Vedic astrology but just things happening and just like reading their takes I'm thinking like this doesn't seem like this seems so selfish in a way and it like I just got this feeling like why am I thinking about this in this way something feels a little like shifting so yeah yeah it feels like yeah sorry no like I it it feels kind of like sometimes like you know how when somebody edits something or they update their their like timeline but the it's not showing yet like you're still seeing like the thing the the tweet that they have that they already deleted is still showing or like there's something you're getting like the old version on your web screen of something that's updated already sometimes I feel like that like that we're like we can get stuck in like old like frozen screens or something but it just seems like yeah but also like I might just be coming from my own personal perspective but because I know it depends a lot where people are in their lives like I think there's certain points in your life where it's really important to like have it be like your time or whatever somebody just got out of a really fucked up situation and they are like yeah fuck you I'm gonna be me now like I'm gonna do me so I don't want to discount that experience because I I think it's really I know it's really important but um but it just feels like on a collective level and I'm sure it's the Rahu and Pisces things are just kind of washing together and it's kind of like unless that is a really necessary transition for somebody to be in, like, which it really is. And I go through it in like a micro version every day, but like, I think that as a whole, we're kind of updating and yeah. And that kind of makes me think about Panchang again, because when you look at the chart as more of like a impressionistic thing, instead of this like tit for tat, like, what's going to happen at what age like when will you get wealthy like what you know all this stuff that feels very like I don't know detailed and individualistic you just look at like the overall impression of like what is this energy and what is its purpose and how does it you know express itself um I really so funny just to quickly like cut you off no please that part that part that you just said, I was literally thinking that earlier. I was, I remember specifically where I was thinking that I was in the grocery store. I was in the grocery store. And yeah, I was just thinking how like with like the, t- the certain tippy, like today is Navami, right? I was like thinking like, oh. you know, people seem like, I don't know. Like it was just exactly what you just said is what I was thinking. Is it Shuk- was- is it Shukla Navami today? Uh, yeah, Krishna. Shukla? I think it's Krishna. Um, I think we had a full just, moon. Yeah, we did. Krishna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're coming up on a new moon, right? Yeah, Krishna, Krishna. Navami. Oh wow, yeah. Um. Well, no wonder people are are feeling hostile. <laughs> Isn't it like a hostile to the <laughs> I'm Shukla Navami, so I kind of get it. But, um, well, you know, yeah. but I think, but I do think, like, because I'm not somebody who typically likes to think in these terms, but I do think, like, there's still a need to be sort of vigilant, even if we are, like, even if we had, like, evolved into, like, one collective organism, like, there's still a universe out there and everybody says there's a war in the astral or whatever. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) if you say so, but like, it does seem like there are a lot of themes of like, well, the planet's doing some things and it definitely like heard the, there's a woman on Instagram who was talking about 
she channels water spirits and she's very serious she's not like doing it for the glory she's like they made me say this she seemed kind of uncomfortable even having to share it but she's like they made me say this like about Japan throwing nuclear waste into the ocean and how we have pretty much a timeline to stop it or else like the earth the water is like gonna fight back who knows like but regardless I felt that that was a really important like principle especially with Rahu going into Pisces and um, I do feel like even like there are ways to be a warrior that don't have to do with us just like protecting our personal lives you know like there are there are ways to def- to there are things that we need to protect that are bigger and more collective i think as well and i think i know exactly who you're talking about who um i'm not sure her user but i i know um i know who you're talking about and that by the way that gave me full body chill because i just started thinking about how like rahu and pisces rahu being this poison in the ocean yeah uh, it's so true because we probably do have a limited timeline and how she just like intuitively like was guided it's beautiful I think that's so beautiful yeah she's I'll I'll try to I forget she has you know she's she I think she's in Southeast Asia I don't want to like say the wrong thing but I'll I'll find I'll find the link but yeah I think Bottom line is, like, we need to really start taking seriously, like, holistic things, like, the impact on everything that we're doing. And the water is such a metaphor for that. And it's probably the most ignored, you know, the most ignored uh, nature thing that that has been happening for a really long time. People just kind of want to put everything in the ocean and pretend it didn't happen. And it's like, um, that's just like, it's so disrespectful just to like as like a water something like it just feels like it feels like the same principle as um like repressing emotions or suppressing emotions or not allowing other people's emotions to have space and it's like that's never healthy you know that's never a good idea Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely it isn't (laughs) Um. yeah yeah I was just thinking about how the nodes in their retrogression like how Rahu moved from Aries into Pisces and eventually I'm not sure the date but will move into Aquarius and they're Mm -hmm. always in that stirring um Mm -hmm. from from sign to sign and just I'll just be thinking about how she was saying that the spirit actually wanted her called her to give that to give that notice because it is like it's like it's almost like even though there's poison there the rahu is that poison essence it's it's like a clearing of the water as well it's like clearing out what needs to be cleared out definitely and and it's so sick also how when rahu goes to aquarius it's gonna hit that 15 degree point's gonna hit Shatabisha and varuna's right there so there's a lot a lot we can't really it would be a good time to to honor the ocean since to to start like reparations with the ocean i guess what one could say but i feel like i feel like um what was I going to say? Oh, also just how interesting that didn't Mercury go direct right at the end of Scorpio? Yes. That's an interesting part. That Gandanta point feels like the most, how do you, how would you describe Gandanta? Have we discussed Gandanta? We may have discussed it and I'm not sure if it's in one of the uh, sessions that we posted. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, in terms of Gandanta, like, you're saying, like, so what's my perspective on that, or? Well, I don't, I actually, I do think we talked a little bit about it, I'm remembering now, or I know we have talked about it, at least, but I think, um, I'll just say, I thought it was really interesting that Mercury, that, that part, that particular Gandanta point at the end of, between Scorpio and Sagittarius feels, like, especially sensitive to me, 
I think it's by, is it not the galactic center or near the galactic? I might be off on that, but it feels really, really sensitive and important. Um, and um, like, this is tangential, but in like the starseed world, that star Shaula, which is right there, is supposed to be like this really like traumatic place. And, um, and I always was intrigued by that I always had like a strong reaction when I heard about Shaula so there's something about that that part of the sky between um between Scorpio and Sagittarius and then also how like so Mercury went direct right there and the same day that Jupiter also went direct which is really that's like a blessing right that's like helpful because we had Rahu doing that exact aspect from Pisces to to Mercury in that Gandanta point that's an incredibly intense and then jupiter went direct too so i feel like jupiter is trying to like help us address this you know in like a useful way um but also the jupiter has that watery kind of energy somewhat as well so yeah i think that all felt very like important to me yeah yeah that is but gun I think the most interesting thing I heard about Gandanta, the most interesting way I heard Gandanta described recently was it's like a knot that the more you try to undo it, it keeps getting worse. And that so feels like the political situation and a lot of situations that are happening globally. It's like the more you try to, to do something about it, the worse it gets. And that 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 is such a like a visceral energy right now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that's the truth that's the truth of the gandant itself um but, but how do you how do you what's the antidote to that like how do you how do you cure that situation what how do you get out of the knot so <laughs> according to sol um they they recommend pujas they recommend mm-hmm. you do a puja from my own perspective, um, I haven't I haven't done remedial measures for Gandanta, so I can't really say that you know this is what's going to fix it. <laughs> so when I used to study a lot of like traditions that have to do with offerings, not Vedic, but you know old traditions where you to give offerings and some one of the like elders once pointed out that like in modern day like it's more powerful to do a psychological offering and maybe who knows if that's true but i wonder if there's a way to kind of apply that principle to the gandanta puja as well like um, and you could always do both like i like the idea of doing an offering and attaching a psychological thing to it like i'm offering this deity this corn and this corn also represents my um my greed or whatever my me being um me being uh irritable whatever it is that you don't want to do anymore and so then it's like that's just like a personal idea that I came up with as a way to kind of like give away this thing but it's like this isn't mine anymore I'm not allowed to feel this I gave this to the deity and then I can kind of like combine the puja with this way of feeling like I'm upgrading myself on an individual level I wonder if there might be a way to to do that with the Vedic remedies as well, because sometimes just doing puja feels a little bit like, what are we what are we really doing here? You know. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I really like that though. So it's it's definitely. I mean, that's part of um. What's the word? I mean, that in itself is part of the actual sannyas. It's a part of the actual ritual of doing uh, a daily prayer, like you are doing mm-hmm. offerings and you are, um, you know, when you do the milk and the honey, you're, you're giving to the deity, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's a part of it, a, bit, a huge part of it. Um, yeah, I guess that probably that's to- what people who practice spirituality are automatically kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying like, you know, it, it's only, it's only for someone who is really spiritual. Like you, like what you were just saying, I'm sure 
could and probably is helping. Can you can you confirm whether or not it, it has helped in any way with with your life? Has oh, it, per personally? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, well, you know, I've been like so all over the place in general, but I think, I think, I mean, yes, I mean, I've seen offerings work just in general without the psychological stuff. I mean, all this stuff works in my opinion. And, but, um, I, and I'm a very naturally devotional person too, though. So there's that, like, I, I, I enjoy doing it and I think that helps. Like, I, I feel like that makes a difference, but, um, I think that, um, when it comes to like the psychological upgrade piece, like, yeah, I mean, it's much, it's very powerful to do it. To, when you start make just by, by taking the time to sort of like charge the item with the intention and then do it. I mean, you're really doing a lot right there. It's almost like mantra because you're kind of like doing this symbolic act that even like, even if it's just psychosomatic, if you said, okay, I'm going to start walking this way to school now. And it symbolizes that now I'm going to have this type of life that's going to affect you subconsciously regardless. So a lot of this is just about being inspired to come up with an action and have an intention. I mean, if, if anybody has the inspiration and the idea and to, just to do that, like, that's a lot that that's a huge remedy right there. So, yeah. um, but I think with Gandanta, it's just a little bit mysterious because it's mysterious when people use words like karmic and, you know, like sensitive point and it's like, well, okay, well, what does this mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does feel like there's an element of surrender. That's, that's really necessary with Gandanta points. Yes. Yes, I would, from my own personal perspective, and I've only lived 29 years thus far, hopefully there will be more, <laughs> um, <laughs> <There> will. but <laughs> I, yeah, from my own experience, it, it, that Gandanta point, because I do have Gandanta in my chart. Same. Yeah, yeah, I think we probably have talked about this before, but like from my own experiences with that, it is difficult psychologically, more so with me psychologically. And that probably is because my, my Gedanta point is in moon sign. Um, it's in your moon sign? It's is that what you moon said? Sign. It's in moon sign. And it's part of arts and with my moon too. So for me, oh, okay. it's definitely like, yeah, it's definitely like, and I was watching a video earlier of, um, with Lunar Astro. I love him, by the way. And yeah. you can probably tell that I've been sending multiple Lunar Astro videos. Lunar Astro yeah. Videos. yeah. Um, but he was talking about how Mars and like how Mars is in different signs. And he discussed a little about Mars and Cancer and how, um, you know, people would tend to have like violent thoughts. And for uh -huh. me, I I don't I wouldn't say that particularly like I constantly would have violence, but previously I have struggled with having like anger, like anger. I, I could say like angry, or like not not necessarily violent. Though I'm not like thinking like I want to hurt someone, but I'm thinking like like just oh, like everyone is against me or like. You know, like just not on the positive, not on the positive. Yeah, well, but and I think also, as, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, as soon as I started to do more of a perspective, it probably because when my Mars um, matured too, but when I started to do more of a spiritual practice and like um, observe the fact that I was thinking in that way and that I didn't have to that shifted things for me so that if events did come up where I became agitated because of that gun daunt I could observe that rather than letting it take me you know yeah that's so useful that's really interesting I was just going to comment too that like based on what Visti was saying like our thoughts process is symbolized by our lagnesh too so maybe like 
you're not super violent because of because your lagnesh is in is Jupiter in the twelfth with Sun, right? So you're not gonna be like this. It's a pretty satwick situation or I don't know if the twelfth house is considered satwick, but it's something. It's not like a super aggressive combination, I don't think. But I could see how you're saying it's like it's not violent towards other people per se, but there's a uh like a distress to that Gandanta point. Yeah. Yeah. It, well also probably because I have Pisu on my moon as well. So it's like no like I wouldn't say no thoughts, but it's hard to process thought in a in a conducive way. Like it's mm. so so if if I were confronted by someone in a way where I felt like I don't know what's the word. See that in itself. Like I <laughs> That's like interesting were, actually. Yeah. You see you see? Like if yeah. I were to be confronted with someone with words and they are trying to like convince me of something or the situation is heightened emotionally, I could become like aggressive with my thoughts and that would disturb me like you couldn't sit down and be like it, it's not organized because Ketu is kind of throwing it it's a little bit like they're going away from you a little bit as they're coming or is it like that like they're not linear almost it's sort of sort of like I'm just thinking like in terms of if someone were to disagree with me like for example if someone were to disagree with me and they were trying to like argue a point I would more than likely like be fr like freeze I feel like Kitu is Kitu Moon is like a freeze because it's like where am I even going to go with this? <laughs> yeah that's interesting yeah so many Thoughts. Well, one thing I'm realizing is if I, so I think my Lagnesh is Gandanta. Um, so that's something, but also, um, so like, uh, oh, so I was, there's somebody that I'm friends with who I met off of Vedic Twitter and, um, we did this exercise, which was really cool, um, because she has a planetary war between Mercury and Mars, and I just don't know how to interpret that. And she has actually one of those like stelliums of like several planets where it's like it's very confusing to interpret. So, um, so we did this experiment that I learned in like psychology school, where um, you basically like play act the different parts so like in psychology you would do this with like say you had like a part of yourself that was really angry and then a part of yourself that was really friendly and you would like put each part on a pillow and like facilitate a dialogue between them but we we did that with the planets and it was so fun and like really interesting so that it made me think it might be interesting to do that like in any area of astrology where you like get stuck and you're like it might be interesting to be like to separate out and be like, okay, I'll be your moon and you be Ketu and then like what, or I'll be Mars and you be Ketu and just like see what each planet has to say. Um, just made me think of that because you might that is get really cool. It's so cool because you get information you didn't know you were going to get, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. So you just like light them both and be like, okay, this is. So, like, for example, like, so I would say something, like, in a Mars way, and you would say something in a Ketu way? Is that... Well, we could try, like, a mini example if you want, like, but, <laughs> but you have to tell me, like, which which Sambanda would you be addressing? Like, are, do you want to work with, like, Moon Ketu or Mars Moon or... Let's do Mars Moon. Or we could do Mars versus Moon. Catch yeah, Mars, Moon. Is so which one should I be and which one do you want to be? I'm thinking I'll be Mars. Okay. So this is like, I don't know how. Okay, we'll, we'll just try to do it. So so I'm your Moon. Um, and you're Mars. Okay. 
Okay. So, so typically we'd be like in the same room and we would be like sitting in stations that like symbolize that this, this is where we are, but I'll be, I'll get into character here. So I'm your moon. Um, I'm in Aries and you're in cancer. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So do you have a, do, how do you, do you have anything that you want to express to me right now or in general? Way. no I mean maybe <laughs> so you're are you feeling like stubborn about it or how do you feel in your body feeling a little uncomfortable <laughs> I feel like this is too intimate to put on the podcast but if we could try it sometime personally because it's a really interesting um because like it's like if it's supposed to be uncomfortable but this is like such a vulnerable setting <laughs> to try it so um but it's it would be fun to try because it's such an interesting idea in terms of how to like unpack the chart you know especially with really confusing aspects and it would be interesting for me to try that with my gandanta mars as well does how how far what is the cutoff for a gandanta point like degree wise so, degree wise it would be um so it would be eight degrees so it would be wow that's big Oh, yeah, is it four yeah. four on either side? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my moon is gone down to two, possibly. Maybe not actually, but Mars is for sure. Yeah, it's it's wider than most people think. Like most people look at it and they're like, oh, 29 degrees, it's it's Gandanta. No, if it's <laughs> if you have a planet there and Gandanta at 26, babe, you've got Gandanta. And it may not be it may not be as tight so yeah. right yeah so, but yeah that's that's the degrees with the gandanta yeah um i feel like i've like scattered us all over the place it's such an interesting conversation no i really liked how you you wanted to like do the little like the thing right there that we just <laughs> I know what do you, do you I mean if well, yeah what do you what do you think about that did you get anything from that like 30 seconds yes I did and I really feel like that, that is going to be really helpful for people who listen because people who actually want to implement you know things that we say yeah it will be really really cool for them to to try that um, yeah, because I don't, I mean, you could definitely try it alone, too. But it's, it's actually really fun to do with a partner. Like, oh, me and my friend just did it for like, four minutes. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> really interesting. Because um, yes, it kind of would... like draws, draws like bizarre behavior out of the other person. It does. I was, I was like, Oh, my God, am I about to really be speaking out of my Mars right now? Like, things could go right I don't know what I'm gonna say it's liberating yeah yeah and it's and I think like a key part of like that is like the whole point is like radical is like radical acceptance so like you could the whole point is to give the floor to to something that is completely you might otherwise think was totally unacceptable and needs to be repressed. Like the whole point of it is to let that part of you like be able to speak. Um, it doesn't have to be like a, an offensive part, but it can be so. And, or even if it's just a part of you, like that doesn't want to say anything, like still giving it time to just be like obstinate about speaking is like power can be powerful as well. And you can ask questions like, you could just get you could have them draw a picture of the way they feel you could tell have them say what color their feeling is like you could just basically it's a very childlike um activity in a way so yeah just knowing about this makes me feel more empowered about like interpreting the 
those. That's really uh, cool. That's yeah. that's so exciting. I love hearing that. Yeah, I, I want to experiment with this some more. Yes, the psychoanalysis of Vedic astrology. I love this. Yes, although technically in psychology terms, it's it's more of the gestalt. I don't know. That's just like technically the oh, type of. Oh, okay. okay. Because psychoanalysis is actually like sort of like the antithesis of that because I I personally love psychoanalysis too but it's not very embodied and this is supposed to be very like in the moment and like embodied so but that doesn't matter those are just like terms interesting okay I appreciate you telling me that because huh, the more so how do you say just all yeah it's it's just like the school of therapy that i was trained in so it's just it's gestalt it's spelled it's a german word it's spelled g-e-s-t-a-l-t you think that sounds so weird when i say it but yeah that's that's right gestalt yeah i've heard of it i've heard of it before i'm sure that i've like seen things about it uh, before but i mean i'm not i'm not versed in it like you are you have all entire degree in this so sort of yeah. I mean kind of kind of I don't use it but it's it was actually you might really as well I know I should use it with with this for sure um but I think what's really cool about it is that it's playful and also it's um you know it's very like not not authoritarian like you don't see the therapist as having a uh, being like up higher than you um, or more qualified they're just a guide so you can really do it out you don't have to do it in like an institutional setting it's something you can just do you know like with your friends and um, but yeah um, it's it's very 70s too like it's like from those like fad 70s days where people were just doing like wacky experimental stuff so yeah look into it gestalt is fun well definitely and I'm so ready to do that that practice (laughs) because that's so cool I love that so much yeah we can practice it sometime off off the air if you want (laughs) yes yes definitely off the air um but yeah so I have made plans I have a sweet potato in the oven oh yeah I think I take that out um yeah so anyways I will so we probably need to to sign off here this has been a good session I feel like we covered a lot yeah yeah I agree I think so too hopefully it recorded our last one didn't record it was so sad but all for the best I'm sure (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly. Okay, yes. we appreciate everyone listening, and we will be back again soon with another Asia session. Yes, very soon. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs>